1: It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for you down Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic
0: song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of FightfulWrestling.com. Here with the very little Jimmy Van. Look at how little <laughs> he is over there. Uh-huh. I, know.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. We have to work on the <laughs> – we need to work on, on getting, like, the sizing right on both sides. Does anybody want a poodle? <laughs> it's true. It, it looks right now like it's Rey Mysterio and uh, the great Khali. <laughs> yeah. Nigel, so I, I should start by saying that it's the end of the Brady era. Brady's leaving us. This is his last show. Uh, Nigel's currently in the room. Uh, because he's going to be at least temporarily taken over, so first order of business, Nigel, is to have our sizes be the same. Okay, I'll uh, be I the first. Just say a
0: couple things. First off, thanks, Brady. He's done awesome. He yes. helped me out a lot with the in-person interviews. I think it's disgusting that Melissa got him fired. Hmm. <laughs> she was upset that somebody took over her job and did better at it, so she manipulated and politicked her way into getting Brady not not just to to get fired, but to move out of the province, from what I understand. Uh, no, he's moving back to Ottawa. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> where he's from. You know, kayfabe. O- Fabe. How about that? Yeah, you know, Ottawa, the uh, the host of five straight nights of Impact Wrestling. So yeah. he's uh, he's he's moving back. That's why I'm leaving. Yeah, that's why he's leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's moving back home, and so uh so yeah, Nigel's going to take over in the short term. So. Thanks, thanks uh, to Brady for everything, and uh, don't worry. I'm
0: so tall, and I hope that didn't intimidate Brady into leaving. I'm sure it did. I'm just so tall. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, uh, so that's that. So, uh, never fear, Nigel. We're working on new people. So, yeah. never, never fear. Got a couple of prospects. Uh, You're working on
0: nude people.
2: Sean is just in a mood, isn't he? I can't even the, the, is the, is oh, it. you can. Okay, this is this is what I got to deal with today. Uh, you have any Halloween plans, there, Sean app?
0: Not right now. I mean, most of our stuff in our town they do it the weekend before, ah. and we were we were traveling in Indianapolis this past weekend, which was fun. But uh, like it's like one's one not working. It, one's it's one we're supposed to do like trick or treating for kids tomorrow, but weather's bad, so who knows if we'll do it.
2: Going to be full on rain here, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to supposed to rain all evening. But I got two kids that want to go trick or treating, so I am going to go in the rain because that's what a good dad does, Sean. So wow. uh, that's going to be a real trip. I'm probably going to have an umbrella in each hand. I think. So that'll be that. Um, but we're going to do that. Taking tomorrow off. Going to be beautiful. Melissa's in the chat. Is hey, she? She says sorry, Brady. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> that's legit.
0: That's legit.
2: You know how many people are going to think that what you said is legitimate.
0: I hope they do because it's so many people. Because I am a professional reporter, as you know. Yes. I only conduct myself professionally, whether it be on social media, the comment section, on this show. Yeah. I only handle myself in the most professional of methods, and whatever I say is gospel, and nobody should doubt it.
2: Yep. A very professional. I never have to have talks with Sean,
0: ever. Never. 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 I am a, <laughs> I am. Th- that's why I manage. I am a managing editor. That, that's yep, really yep. – I, I manage a lot more than I edit because I teach people at Fightful how to be professional. Somebody says, is SRS wearing a sweatshirt? Yeah, I'm wearing a Nike Air sweatshirt, my dude. It's my jam. Well, good for you, Mr. Reporter Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, by the way, I'll report this. Uh, if you want your question or statement read on the air and you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, donate a Super Chat, any amount, that'll get it done. But hey, we also have FightfulSelect.com. It is our premium service. It's the most direct way to support us. After this show, we keep the party rolling with the list goes on. It's a bonus show over there. But you get two episodes of Sour Graps per week uh, with Alex Polowski. If you miss him on Raw and SmackDown, uh, he does his own hour-long reviews over there. Where you know what you're getting when you go into it. You know you know it's going to be him crapping on stuff. And I kind of like that. There are a lot of shows online, Jimmy, that parade themselves as like being fair and, and they're not. Alex does not mess with it. He's like, no, I'm not going to be objective. I'm going to crap on everything. And I appreciate that. You must be talking about Brian Alvarez. I'm not. I do not listen to that show. No disrespect to Brian. I like
2: Brian. But. I, I listen to the post shows when I can, and, man, is he ever a miserable, negative human being. That's
0: just my opinion. Uh, let's, let's go uh, to uh, – I'm sorry. Shay says, paid off my student loans, treated myself to a Fightful Select subscription. Thanks for the hard work. Congratulations. This is, this is for Sean's pain and suffering tomorrow. Why, thank you. Congratulations,
2: man. That's a milestone paying off your, yeah. your student debt. So that's cool. I want to start with the uh, the news, one of the news stories of the week. Because there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened this week. But I want to talk about Jordan Miles. And uh, I, I, Sean, a couple of days ago, I think on the Raw Pod, you are like, ah, I don't really want to touch that topic. We're going to touch that topic, but we're not going to touch the political side of it. Because this isn't a political podcast, Sean Ross Sapp, But we're going to just talk, t- t- talk about the facts. So Jordan Miles, NXT talent. You might remember him as ACH on the Independent Circuit. Uh, WWE released a shirt for him uh, in their shop, which has since been taken down. I'm sure people have heard the story. Brady, you got the shirt. Can you put that up? Yep. I'm just trying to find it here. All right. I gave Brady a lot of media this week in his defense. So, And did did you also
0: give him static that's coming from your side of the audio?
2: No. Is there static coming very, through? Very
0: little bit. It sounds like we're on vinyl.
2: Oh, okay. Maybe, Brady, you can kind of work on that somehow. That's possible? Yep. Exactly. So there's the shirt right there. Um, very obvious. Looking at that, what it kind of depicts.
0: Yeah, and blackface.
2: Blackface. Yeah, and the, and the first time that I looked at it, even before and the I, sambo stuff. Yeah, even before I saw Jordan Miles' uh, Twitter comments about it, immediately that's kind of the first thing that it kind of looks like. So on October 26, Jordan Miles posted a picture of that on Twitter, uh, along with the words, "They'll regret making this." That was his quote on October 26th. One day later, on October 22nd, he posted the picture again, and just he took some shots of Vincent Man and at Triple H. Yeah. When he when he posted that, now as we just said, obviously it's a depiction of blackface, and what makes it worse, of course, is that uh, Jordan Miles is a black wrestler. Makes it even even a worse situation than it would be otherwise. Um, WWE released a statement because this started kind of going viral and everything. They released a statement claiming that he approved the shirt. Uh, Jordan Miles then countered and said, I approved a white T-shirt. So he said, I approved the yeah. logo on a white T-shirt, not on a black T-shirt. Before we go into his conduct, because we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Static's
0: have, getting louder, by the way. I tried to let you get through the point, but it's getting, like, real bad. Whatever you did, Brady, go the other way. <laughs> it's, it's, like, almost unbearable. Really? Yeah. How is it now? Still bad. Still very bad. So how about this? How about while we toy with the static? How about while we toy with the static, we go to our interview segment a little bit early. We can't, but Brady can't hear you, so
2: Sean's saying to go to the interview segment early.
0: Yeah, we're going to go to the interview segment early. Uh, we go we to spoke the
1: interview
0: to segment? S- What's yeah, that? Yeah, go ahead and do that. That way we can kind of get get a few minutes to, to fix this. Uh, Denise Salcedo spoke to Scott Demore, who's had a, a nice little run lately with Impact Wrestling. Take a look when you came in, you had the daunting task of sort of, you know, uh, you know, creating, renovating this new impact wrestling sort of, you know, trying to, you know, change its reputation. What was the biggest challenge when it came to
1: that? I think the biggest challenge uh, beginning of 2018 when myself and Don Callis came in uh, along with Ed Nordholm was uh, really earning trust back. Over the course of many, many years... Uh, previous regimes here have have lost the trust. They had lost the trust of wrestling fans. So going out there because we knew we could go out there and put on a great show. And uh, the initial reaction was going to be okay. That's good, but they're going to they're going to do something, you know, like to, to upset us or to offend us next week. So to us, the key thing was slowly but surely delivering on a consistent basis. So that over the course of a long period of time, we knew it wasn't going to be a short period of time. It was going to take a long track record of show, of of showing that we. delivered deliver week after week day after day month after month so i think the trust that we've seen uh and we've been able to earn back from from wrestling fans is uh, is something that we take very seriously, and I think it's it's one of our great accomplishments. And as you know, we just announced you know Bound for Glory uh, officially sold out. That's something that never even could have been conceivable two years ago. So to have something like that now on the eve of this of this major premiere on Access is uh, is proof that what we're doing is working, and that fans are starting to say, you know what, I can invest with them. Because one of the biggest things is when you have a real fan and they're invested emotionally and financially in your product they take ownership of it and we now have fans not just viewers but fans that care passionately about what we're doing and that that's been one of the biggest challenges and i think that's been one of our great successes
0: That's incredible. And I'm so happy that you mentioned the sellout, you know, for Bound for Glory. You know, you just said right now how important that is. But knowing that you came in and you made this change, you were part of the change. What does that mean to you and your career and, you know, just sort of being able to say like, yeah, we sold out?
1: I just think it's a it's a great statement. Right. And I mean, it was. <clears throat> excuse me um, it was it was such a uh, daunting task you know uh, Impact Wrestling hadn't sold tickets to wrestling shows in so long so last year when it was like you know what we need to get out of Universal Studios Universal Studios is a world class uh, facility uh, it's, it's great to be there. it's been a, a great partnership over the years but We were getting park goers that just wanted to get out of the heat or be part of it. We weren't getting wrestling fans. So saying that we're going to go back out there and we're going to go to to arenas and venues around the country uh, and really around the continent with Mexico and Canada as well, going out there and having fans buy a ticket. There's something, like I remember as a kid, like I would get my ticket, I'd have to go down to the box office, get it, and then I would look at it for weeks, waiting for it to come, right? And uh, the experience is a little different now, but there's still something, when you've invested your money and you've paid to be part of something, And I mean, it, it builds an excitement, and it uh, there's an inherent value there. There's a connection now. They're invested in the, the product. They're not just tuning it in because there's nothing else to watch. They're invested in the product. And um, I think that selling out bfg and uh all the things we've had happen are just uh just some of the great reasons why uh, people need to watch what impact wrestling is doing as we head into 2020
0: and we're kind (laughs) of (laughs) back trying to work on the static guys i know it's a pain in the ass and we don't know why they're
2: static like we haven't changed anything
0: haven't so, changed a thing.
2: No. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to come and go throughout this show. Yeah, you'll have to so. bear with me, and then we'll we'll try to figure it out, and then, and then uh, hopefully not have it again next week. Uh, let's go back to Jordan Miles, so long as uh, the static is not intolerable for people. We'll go back to Jordan Miles. So we already kind of talked about what happened and how it's a depiction of blackface and everything, and I had asked Sean before we went to the video— uh, if you had heard any more about how this even happened, forget about the political aspect of it, forget about Jordan Miles' conduct for a minute, just the fact that this thing was very clearly uh, a unintentional depiction of blackface, how did that even get greenlit? Did you hear anything else about it?
0: No, and I've asked, and it's been a lot of hush-hush. I mean, I reached out to Jordan Miles, at least via the email that I last had for him and didn't hear back, but I was like, hey, listen, I'd rather hear your approach on it. But by then he had kind of said, Hey, I should have handled this differently on social media, but the color of the shirt goes a long way in this, which is what was specified in the emails when he was told, Oh, triple H wanted this. I can't believe that somebody wouldn't speak up and say, Hey, bad idea. This should not go out there. And this is why, because this is, if somebody's like afraid of their job or something, they they shouldn't be. They, I, I, and I can't say that that's true. I can't say that somebody was wasn't like that. Maybe they were. Maybe it fell on deaf ears. I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that it even got put out there. Yeah. Is so bad
2: because it was so obvious to me. The most disappointing thing about this whole story was the fact that Triple H is the one that green lit it. And the reason that's disappointing to me is because Triple H, I thought, was kind of more aware. Uh, of these situations. If it was Vincent Mann, not only would he approve it, he probably would have put a pair of eyeballs on the shirt too. You know what I mean? But right. I, I, I thought that Hunter was more aware of these situations. And, and you know, some people are going to defend Triple H, and they're going to say, well, he's got a lot on his plate and approving a shirt for Jordan Miles. With all due respect to Jordan Miles, he's not a top guy. And so you could defend Hunter and say approving a shirt for Jordan Miles is a low priority, and he probably barely looked at it. But the fact of the matter is he put a stamp of approval on it uh, and when you put your stamp of approval on something, you should damn well be aware of, of what you're doing, especially in today's landscape. The landscape that we're in now, everybody's so easily offended. Everybody's so hypersensitive. You have to know the landscape. And so uh, whether it was pr- a priority to Hunter or not, you got to be aware. And so to me, that's disappointing because I have a lot of respect for Hunter as an executive. And, so, uh, and that's disappointing. Now, I want to talk about Mr. Jordan Miles' conduct. Because uh, Sean and I talked about this on, was it Monday, I think? And I told, I told Sean straight up, whether this is a PR nightmare for WWE or not, you fire this guy. You release this guy. They ain't uh, doing that. Uh, no, <laughs> I ain't doing I, that. I know they're not, but if it was me, I would. And, and I'm going to tell you why. So when he started posting all this stuff, uh, and, and more and more stuff started coming out, David Bixispan posted it on Twitter that the shirt design was replaced a month ago. Uh, and he asked Jordan Miles, how come you're only making an, an issue of it now? That shirt's not even live anymore. That leads me to think he has ulterior motives. And, and Jordan Miles responded to David Bixispan. He said some bullshit about, oh, this has been burning within me for a month. Whatever crap he said. I think he had ulterior motives. There were people online that suggested he, he wants to get released. Uh, I've heard that there's some uh, morale issues in NXT right now because certain people have been promised uh, a jump to the main roster where there's essentially a promise of more money. But now with the USA contract, they're going to be staying on NXT, but apparently they have not gotten raises. Uh, and so apparently there's some morale issues. I question if if, uh, if he's looking to get released. Uh, he responded to at least one person on Twitter who criticized his, his conduct by calling them Tom, uh, which – It's ridiculous. Then to make it even worse, he went on this Twitter rant against Ring of Honor and against Jay Lethal. uh, And Brady, do you have the screenshot from that Twitter uh, post from Jordan Miles? Yeah. So Jordan Miles posted this. uh, Fuck ROH2. The only allowed one African-American to be the top guy. While guys like Cedric Alexander. uh, Sorry, I can't read that because it's black and blue. But he said uh, they had to chase the, the visible carrot. And then he called Jay Lethal Uncle Tom, which is... Unbelievable that he would use language like that talking about a, a, another pro wrestler. Uh, he went off about the WWE system. Uh, he took a shot of Hulk Hogan. Do you have that tweet, Brady?
0: understandably fuck hulk hogan but. yeah
2: i know you're feeling on that but this this guy's still on the talent roster and, and hulk hogan is higher up on the pecking order than he is sure so he should not you know be saying things like that he said the whole wwe system is a fraud they created the system blah 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 then where i think he crossed the line even more now i think that posting something on twitter calling Jay lethal uncle tom to me that is a uh releasable offense but I think what takes it a step further is he released a screenshot of an internal uh, email from WWE. Do you have that screenshot of that internal email that the guy, that the guy got from WWE? Yeah. It's like got a black, black background to it, the email?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of talk until it's up there. Yeah, there, it's there. There we go. Yeah, it's
2: there. Now, not only did he post this internal email – But he included the email address of the WWE employee in there. So bad. Now, I don't know about the confidentiality provisions in his contract, but I know contracts very well. I know employee contracts very well. I deal with them all day long. I would bet money that that is a breach, what he did. And so my opinion between posting that email and between posting a tweet tweet calling Jay Lethal uh, on Uncle Tom, I would be done with this guy. I'd be done with them. And I know what you're saying they don't want to release anybody right now, and especially after the T-shirt thing and PR. I would be done with this guy. And even uh, some African-American wrestlers – you can take that down now, Brady. Even some African-American wrestlers like Titus O'Neil and Booker T have come out saying they disagree with how, he, how he's handled himself. In this situation. And then Jordan Miles, he, he, uh, I, it looked like an apology, but it wasn't an apology. He posted a big message on Instagram. And this is it. And I'm, I'm, I, We don't have the entire thing because on the right side it scrolled. It was a lot longer than this. But this was the top of it. He said, my tweets yesterday were completely disrespectful, unprofessional. I have offended a ton of people and used anger to fuel me. With that being said, I'd like to take this time to state an apology for not giving a shit about what others think of me. The anger I have inside of me hasn't built up for years now. Can you imagine, Sean, if he became a top guy with that kind of attitude? This guy, with all due respect to him, is nothing on the WWE totem pole right now. Can you imagine if he became a top guy? He's more trouble than he's worth. I would cut him loose. If he becomes a star in AEW, good for him. If he becomes a star somewhere else, good for him. Uh, if, he was, if I was a Triple H, he is gone. And, and that's just my opinion.
0: I had the biggest problem with the Jay Lethal comment. That's oh, ridiculous. Leaking, yeah. Ridiculous. Leaking, leaking the email address. Those yes. were bad. People are going to get fired up. They're going to get emotional. They're going to say some stuff. Yes. And it did. It didn't look great that he waited a month to say it, but maybe I, that, that was odd to me, but you know what? I'm not in his shoes. Yep. I don't know how he felt during this period. There's been a lot of stuff that I didn't see or notice or or feel comfortable speaking out on that are far less important than that for far longer periods of time. So I'm not here to judge him about that. Uh, Leaking the email was – that was just flat-out immature. Yeah, Um, Yeah. That is the type of thing that I think you should handle in-house, and if it doesn't change, go public with it. Sure. Go public with it and put dumbasses on blast for – Lying or whatever it is that he he said that that Baker did in that situation because it, he's it, he indicated that Baker told him that Triple H had approved it, but he talked to Triple H and it didn't happen. So, like I, I understand being upset and emotional over that. That was a stupid a- first off, stupid ass shirt, stupid yeah. ass design, yeah, dumb all around. Yeah. Apparently
2: him. they told him that they were they were trying to shoot for the Rolling Stones logo. That was the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Nowhere close. But, Nowhere. Uh, but I don't know. I, have you heard anything? Because, again, the fact he waited a month, and again, a lot of people think that he's looking to get released, which is why he's doing this. Have you heard anything about morale issues in NXT? Because I've heard that some guys were allegedly promised a, a promotion to the main event roster or main roster, which isn't happening now because of the USA contract. Have you heard anything about that?
0: So I wasn't told anybody was promised uh, like a promotion or anything. But when I asked certain people in NXT, are you getting a raise? They say, that's when it was moving to USA. And I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, there's some frustration there among a lot of people at the Performance Center. It's overcrowded, quite frankly. They don't have a lot of space there. They're stockpiling people with no plans. The thing is, there are people that have been hired there that a lot of that the majority of the performance center that I speak to at least are like how why why are they getting hired what yeah. do they have to provide what the, it's literally just to take the possibility of a future star out of somebody else's hands You're right. it's really wild but yeah th- there's a little bit of that uh, among people i talk to but still a lot of people in NXT and really Across all the promotions uh, until just the last couple of weeks, I've been in a honeymoon period. Yeah. AEW just got on TV and Impact switching networks. And yeah, you got everybody in Impact right now saying, We're the little engine that could, we work together. And everybody in NXT is excited to get on TV for the first time. AEW, you got a bunch of people who are grateful for their opportunities. Mm-hmm. And for about a week and a half, you had people excited about the Fox thing. But now everybody's talking. So yeah, that yeah. did not last long. We're going to get into all that. And I, I think the NXT
2: honeymoon is kind of uh, over too. Um, let's move over to AEW. I posted something on Twitter this week that got a lot more attention than I expected. Uh, because I guess this is a polarizing topic for people. Brady, do you have the screenshot of that tweet that I posted on Twitter? So if you look at the very bottom of it, uh, this was a story that Fightful posted. Three judges to be present for AEW full gear belt between Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. So basically they're going to do the old gimmick from uh, the NWA slash WCW when I think it was Sting Ric Flair. And they had three judges at ringside in case it went to a time limit draw. Uh, I posted up there. I said to me, this is another one where if WWE did it, they would get shit on. But because AEW is doing it, they're going to get praise for it. Uh, And then I said, I think Cody's dipped enough into the old WCW handbook, and I'm not feeling this particular idea. I got a lot of feedback on that, and uh, so I could tell how polarizing it was. Let me say first and foremost, and I thought it was pretty funny because it just kind of tells you about the the mentality, I guess, of wrestling fans. A lot of people thought Impact created that idea.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's funny.
2: And so I had a lot of people that were trying to shit on me, Sean, and trying to make me look stupid by saying, that was Impact's idea not realizing that it was actually done by the nwa slash wcw back in like the late 80s uh so that was the first thing a lot of people are saying well what does it matter because it's not going to go to a time limit draw anyway and to me that's not the point the point is this is a world title match and in theory if it went to a draw do you want your champion determined by judges you know at ringside as opposed to the guys in the ring this isn't boxing and this is an MMA, and so I don't think it's, a, it's it's the greatest of idea. It's very obvious Cody's been inspired by the NWA slash WCW period from the you know 80s and 90s because uh, they've done a lot of things from that time period. They brought back the control center gimmick. They got Tony Schiavone handling that. Uh, they do the uh, interviews from the stage the way that Gene Oclin used to do. They do post-match interviews in the ring the way Gene Oclin used to do. They got Tully Blanchard. I,
0: I'm okay with those, though. Those oh, aren't exclusive too. to NWA or WCW, but, and neither is this, but no. I, I get what you mean. And the thing is, I think sometimes you're – I don't want to say beat over the head with it, but it's very clear. And the thing is, like, why, why wasn't this an issue during Paige and Jericho? Did it just come to them? Maybe. But yeah. my thing is, like, it would be a lot more impactful if, like, Cody and Jericho had had time limit issues in the past. Now this is off the heels of the TV time limit Moxley uh, Neville Pock thing right thing right so I, I could understand that being the reasoning for it but I I we know that they have some of the the trademarks like bunkhouse Stampede and stuff like that that mm-hmm. they're probably going to use and Battle Bowl and stuff like that and hey you probably should why not use those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I there there are enough. Callbacks to WCW, but then again, it's not my company.
2: No, and I and I and I yeah, and and those other ones that I mentioned, I'm not saying I didn't like them. I'm I'm just saying yeah. that I, I think Cody's done enough, and this is this is one in particular that I'm not a big fan of. And going back to the thing with uh, Moxley and Pac, yeah, do you think they uh disre- they regret that decision, that booking decision? The I don't li- think
0: they should. The live crowd hated it, hated it. I mean, that'll happen. I mean, not. I think it was a good. I I liked it. I uh, love the TV time remaining thing. Not, neither man had to, had to lose, and if, if I were live, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. Right. But the fact that it established a lot of things, it established the TV time remaining, which I really like. I do it's, too. It's not the 15 or 20-minute thing. It's however much time is left in the TV show, right. and that's – it. it sets a precedent, Jimmy, because now we don't know – that for sure, when this show is wrapping up, that we're going to get a winner. It makes it a little bit more unpredictable, and I like that. And again,
2: the NWA used to do it all the time. So yeah. that's that's another thing that they kind of pulled from uh, from the NWA. Uh, so AEW Dynamite, uh, we're doing this on October 30th, so they're on TNT tonight. NXT's on USA tonight. Got some competition tonight, Sean. So yeah. uh, last night was Game 6 of the World Series. That'd be October 29th. They averaged 15.3 million viewers on Fox over the three hours, and when you want, when you want to talk about the head-to-head hours, as you know, with AEW and uh, NXT, the eight o'clock hour last night did 14.5 million viewers. The the nine o'clock hour did 15.4 million viewers. This is Game Seven tonight. They're going to do even more than that. Massive competition. Uh, but both shows have some interesting stuff tonight. So on Dynamite, they got the finals of the tag team tournament, Lucha Brothers SCU. They got Omega and the Bucks against Kip Sabian, Jack Evans, and and uh, and Helico, Hangman Page, Sammy Guevara. They're doing a contract signing with Jericho Cody because they always do contract signings. And uh, Candice LeRae. And, oh, I'm sorry, I put that under the wrong <laughs> the wrong show. So they got <laughs> they got those shows. Then on NXT tonight, they've got now this one's interesting to me. The WWE. Women's tag team title match to show you that they're, they're going between brands. Kabuki Warriors against Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. That's interesting. And this tag match I'm very interested in. Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. And they go way back uh, against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Very interesting tag match. So that's going to be interesting. And yeah. I, I put it under AEW. Candice uh, LeRae and Io Shirai. That's going to be interesting, too. And Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes. So interesting stuff on both shows. But, boy, they got some competition tonight, Sean.
0: Yeah, that were I, – gosh, I – What did the World Series do the other night? Like 16 million or something. Some stupid. Yeah, 15.3 over the three hours. That was the (laughs) right. Some stupid number. And uh, yeah, it's going to be even bigger tonight. But hey, you know what, guys? If you want to watch the World Series and you can't watch NXT or AEW, we've got the Wednesday Night War podcast every single week, every single week, right after the show first half covers one show the second half covers the other show we give you a nice little uh time stamp that way you can avoid one or the other it's pretty nice lots of competition tonight Uh, ace podcast nation says my fightful mug smashed fightful totally rocks man best in the world hope ace podcast nation can one day be as good quality you guys inspire me we appear on those shows uh quite a bit some of the people from Fightful do. So, uh, a little bit of love to not not too much love, but just a little <laughs> bit to Ace Podcast Nation. Getting by with that plug from the Super Chat. Mm, I see what you're doing. <laughs> hey, they paid the Super Chat. Good for them. They did. They, I usually set a precedent though, like you can't plug on those oh, you do. because because I like him and he has paid more over time than a plug has. Uh well <laughs> that sounded that a pl- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we better just move on. We better just go move check on. out Ace Podcast Nation. There we go.
2: Another then a plug as Another <laughs> note about AEW. I want to give props to Tony Khan. Why? So Tony Khan, I got to tell you, uh, he's really impressed me during the entire kind of launch and growth period of, of AEW. How many times have we heard stories about the offspring of billionaires who they're just not very impressive, they're not very competent, they're using mommy and daddy's money. Uh, whether it be the Trump sons who don't impress me, uh, the McMahon children don't really impress me as executives. Uh, what about Buddy uh, that started the uh, the American Football League there that died yeah. after, you know, like you see so many people that are the sons and daughters of, of of successful entrepreneurs that they're just not able to get it done. Tony Khan, to me, is a complete 180 of that, uh, and he did something this week that I really liked. So uh, there was a situation where an AEW employee that manages their Twitter account, he got a little overzealous. When promoting an announcement, and uh, we have a screenshot of some of the tweets. I didn't even take a screenshot of all of them because they were heavily promoting an announcement on the AEW Twitter. Do you have the one screenshot I sent you, Brady, of the, uh, the, uh, AW? the AEW one, yeah. This is just a few of them. So if you start at the bottom, there under one hour till the big announcement. It's not a video game. Ten minutes till the announcement. Last minute guesses. Not another championship. Five minutes. Blah 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 blah. All that bullshit, and all it was was to announce that they're going to be doing a TV taping in Jacksonville, Florida, which is their uh, their home city on New Year's Day. All that hype, and all it was to announce a TV taping. As- had,
0: had someone with the balls to say to me on Twitter. If anybody can make a mountain out of a molehill about AEW, it's you, Sean. And I had to be like, I wish you all would decide what company I'm shilling for and what company I hate because I got I, I save them now. Right. When somebody says I'm shilling for somebody or shitting on somebody too much, I save them. Put them in a neat little folder just so I can reference back later for (laughs) snarky little tweets like that. Uh Tony Khan recognized it. I'm sure you're getting to that.
2: Yes, and I really respected this. And and again, I have a lot of respect for Tony Khan. He recognized that it was kind of a silly thing that this employee did. Obviously, that they were just being overzealous about the whole thing. He recognized because they got shit on hard. Like, AEW's Twitter got shit on hard about what a deadpan announcement it was. So Tony Khan responded to AEW's Twitter uh, with this response. Do you have Tony Khan's tweet? He said, I don't know who Jeff is. Obviously, that's the guy that does Judge their... Jeff Jones. Oh, there you go. He said, let's do our best not to toy with people's emotions. We got people who aren't near the Florida market all excited. Now we have to come up with another huge announcement, one that affects all of our fans everywhere to make it up to them. And so that's what we'll do. Good on Tony Khan for recognizing that, man. He did the same thing when uh, the ITV announcement came out. And yeah. every everybody was upset about the crappy time slot, and he he kind of scrambled and got uh, the hub uh, deal and the fight deal. And I respect him that he's he's quick to uh, to recognize the negativity and try to fix it. It's refreshing. You don't see a lot it of is. that, you know.
0: It is. I, I tell you what, it beats it beats not doing that for months and months and months and months and months until your show is so bad that you and your entire family have to go stand in the middle of the ring and go. We're going to change things. Yes. It sure beats that. Uh, A lot of respect to Tony Khan for doing that. I like it. And who knows if they even will do an announcement or if he's just shutting people up because maybe he is. But I I think this is pretty cool. I I like it too. Also, I hope they do announce a video game soon. I saw I uh,
2: I saw some graphics, uh, but I don't know if they were for action figures.
0: I I don't know. I haven't seen those. So
2: M- MGF posted a photo of the head scan.
0: Ooh. Yeah,
2: but I don't know if it was for an action figure or for a video game. They didn't really specify. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about. So remember, last week I told you that one of the big stories of 2020 is going to have to do with WWE's record-breaking profit and uh, potentially record-low popularity. Oh boy, the SmackDown numbers, Sean. We got to talk So two weeks ago. Uh, on Fox, SmackDown averaged 2.44 million viewers. That was for the October 18 episode. Last Friday's show was the October 25 show. They had to move to FS1 because of the World Series. Everybody expected that the rating was going to be lower because of the fact that they were moving to FS1 for the week. Keep in mind, they did 2.44 million viewers uh, the week before on Fox. Put up the Showbuzz Daily graphic, uh, Brady. This is from the October 25 cable rankings. Way down at number 9, you see WWE, and look at that viewership count on the far right. 888,000 viewers.
0: AEW1! Yeah. <laughs> right right now, AEW is Betch Cohea after beating Shayna Baszler and <laughs> Jessamine Duke. They're, they're just getting ready for Rousey at this point. I mean, how do you justify a
2: 63% drop? A sixty-three percent drop in viewership week over week. How do you justify it? I'm sure that Vincent Mann is saying, Oh, it's because people couldn't find it on FS1. Utter nonsense. UFC used to have to do that, right? And you remember back in the day, it used to be that UFC was the bigger draw on pay-per-view, but WWE was the bigger draw on television. That was always kind of the the connection between those two shows. UFC's numbers would blow WWE away. They would do a million plus on FS1, and SmackDown did 888,000 viewers. The only answer to this is that not enough people were interested in the show to find the show. And that's all you can say about it. Not enough people were interested in the show to find the show, and that's got to be concerning for them. I'm curious what's going to happen on Friday when they're back on Fox. I expect they'll probably be back up around the two million range again. Uh, if they drop below those USA numbers, and again, I know that WWE is going to say, "Yeah, but Friday's a tougher tougher sell."
0: Well, I I will say FS1 is a dead network, like it really is. UFC was doing like I think seven hundred thousand last year, and now on ESPN they're doing like or at least the four, first quarter I think it was 1.3 1.4, Right. 1.4 maybe 1.5 million on average on ESPN but um I th- I think the the one of the best on FS1 last year was like 840,000 for UFC I
2: thought these should hit a million for the prelims no
0: Well maybe for stuff like that but yeah. like their their standalone cards were like 840,000 Oh yeah 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 like real rough I know that Usman and Maya, I remember that number vividly. It was eight hundred and seventy thousand. But that's that's not good. That's that's no. not good. When sixty three percent of your audience is choosing not to look
2: for the show, that's not good. It's not. Yeah. And and again, I mean WWE has the benefit of, you know, Fox is probably gonna just exclude it because it was a one off. I think this Friday show they're going to exclude as well because people now have to you know get trained to, to find it again on Friday night on Fox. But two weeks down the road, three weeks down the road, four weeks down the road, if they're hovering around the $2 million mark, it's just not good. It's not. And, uh, and I, I fully expect if that happens that Fox is going to want to start getting involved with the creative like USA did. And it won't surprise me if you start hearing things about, oh, they're going to do a tournament or something because Fox wanted it, that kind of yeah. thing. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Now, along these same lines when it comes to ratings, uh, somebody named Carrie Williams hit me up on Twitter wanting to ask me about— No, Carrie. Okay. She wanted to ask me about U.K. television ratings. Do you have that tweet from Carrie Williams, Brady? Uh, She said, Jimmy Van, I'm sure you'll talk about SmackDown's rating on Listening Boy. Was interested in your thoughts regarding Raw managing 3,000 viewers in the UK and now being destroyed by AEW and Impact in the UK market. I did a a very quick answer uh, to her on Twitter, but I thought I would just kind of touch upon it a little bit more. Now, in WWE's defense, uh, I will say this. They're on Sky Sports Arena right now. It's a subscription Mm -hmm. channel in the UK uh aew and uh, impact both air on free to air channels aew airs on itv4 impact airs on five star so aew and impact logically would get more viewers because they're on free to air versus pay the other thing is that uh ron SmackDown on your life so they air at 1 a.m local time uh versus aew and impact which airs at 11 o'clock all of that being said though wwe is the bigger brand of the three And how do you justify or explain 3,000 viewers for Raw? I think that would have been for last week's show. How do you explain 3,000 viewers, uh, a drop of like 20,000 viewers from their average? Very hard to, to, to explain or to justify. So... It is what it is and it's not going to get better because they're going to be moving in January uh the name of the new network escapes me right now but they're going to be moving in January uh, uh by sports or something I forget but they're going to be moving in January to to another pay network that's even got less viewers on average than Sky does. And so if they're doing say twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 a week right now for Roshon, we could be looking at 10 or less per week on uh 10 or
0: less viewers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> 10,000 or less viewers a week for Ron Smackdown which is scary. They had Tyson oh, yeah. they got Tyson Fury on their programming. Yep. And and they're still doing that. It's very if, scary. If thing. I
0: were them I'd be having him on the UK tour next month as well. Like when they when they do that you got to do it. Hannah Moore says my last super chat for 12 months because I have to pay 3800 for Invisalign now. God bless the US healthcare system. Election day is uh, right around the corner, guys. I'm not going to talk about the election, Sean. I
2: have my not opinion. Either. I just, yeah, just I have my opinion on—
0: that, Reminding people that it exists.
2: I have my opinion on who's going to win, but uh, but I'm not going to talk about it. Let's talk about Crown Jewel. Happens tomorrow, October 31st. Starts at 12 uh, Eastern, noon Eastern, with the pre-show. i uh, not going to go over the entire thing. I just want to ask you a few questions. So first and foremost, they announced today, October 30th, that they will officially, until the Saudi government changes their mind last minute, they will officially uh, present their first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia, Lacey Evans against Natalia. Uh, Head scratcher, Sean, why do you think they chose Lacey Evans over the likes of Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, Sasha Banks? Why would they pick Lacey Evans for that spot, Sean?
0: I don't know, Jimmy.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm sure people are going to ask, what are they going to wear And uh, I I believe it might have been Stephanie Mann's interview with uh, Bleacher Report. She said they're going to have full-body outfits. I'm sure they don't have to wear headgear because Renee Young doesn't on commentary, but they're going to have full-body outfits like they had in Abu Dhabi. That's how you
0: pretty much does anyway, except she has the things cut out.
2: Right, right, yeah, yeah. So that's what they're going to be planning for that. Cain Velasquez, you think he's going to win the title?
0: I don't know. Do you think he's going to wear a full-body thing? (laughs) Maybe he should. (laughs) No, I don't think that he will win the title. He shouldn't. He's not very good right now.
2: I'm curious what's going to happen. I think Brock's going to get his win back, and and I think that
0: Vincent Mann looks at it like a receipt. Do you think that Brock is kind of stroking his his spike haircut and going, that doesn't work for me, brother. (laughs) I need my win back, brother. Um, You know what? To be honest with you, no. I think Brock looks at it as a paycheck, and he'll do whatever.
2: Brock is Brock is a businessman, yes, and yes. I've
0: always heard the people that he wants to put over, he really wants to put over. That's what I've always heard about him. And you know and- what?
2: Sorry, I just want to say one thing. I know that Brock has a lot of haters because he's a part timer and he's a prize fighter. And you know what a fan I am of Brock Lesnar because he's the most real guy in all of pro wrestling. Uh, that F five to Ray when he smacked that wall. I, I am going to miss when the day comes. Even though he's, a, he's only a part-timer, I am going to miss the day Brock Lesnar retires because that guy is awesome. He is the most real pro wrestler in all, in all of pro wrestling. And uh, I'm going to miss – and even Velasquez. Velasquez yeah. is not a small dude. Yes. And, and Brock got him up there like he was a stuffed animal.
0: Oh, I loved Kane's cell of that, too, where he flopped around. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. Also, worth noting, Triple H said that Kane is a developmental project. Really? In in his interview on The Grave Show. Now, I, and about the Brock the part-time thing, I don't think he should be champion. I really don't. This, this match didn't need it. And a lot of people act like, oh, well, he didn't work full-time that long anyway. That guy worked full-time every day of his life until he got to WWE to look the way that he did and all that. And the way that I've always looked at it. There are situations like Brock Lesnar where you don't take any days off for years of your life, so later on you can. And Brock Lesnar's doing that. He worked his ass off yep. for a very long time to become a great amateur wrestler, to become a great, great, great pro wrestler and MMA fighter. Now he gets to reap the benefits of getting to take days off whenever he pretty much wants.
2: Not just that, but I think they get more out of him by not having him there every week. You know? Sure. And, and, and this, I, is, this is why we've talked about uh, time-off cycles you know, if you're not there every single week and then you are there, people are happier to see you,
0: you know? Yeah. I yeah, think it- and I, yeah, I just don't think he needed that title. I don't think they needed it. I thought I think you could have made a better heel off of Kofi Kingston right? Uh, than, than Brock Lesnar, which, to be fair, a lot of people said that Brock wasn't the right person to beat The Undertaker. I kind of think he was now, now that we see that CM Punk hit the bricks yeah. and the mileage they've gotten out of Lesnar – Kind of feels like they have, but you know what? They could have they launched one hell of a heel in Roman Reigns by beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania and him being the first one too. So Yeah,
2: if they had if, if to legitimately flip the switch on him,
0: then yeah. they could have. So aside
2: from Kim Velasquez, so we got Tyson Fury, uh, Braun, Braun Strowman. Apparently he's going to be one and done because he's going to be training for his next fight. Do you think Tyson Fury is winning over Braun Strowman?
0: I hope it's a double double Something. ko. I, it, yeah,
2: yeah. Because Braun's got uh, a lot more to lose,
0: man. He's got a lot more to lose. You know, if if Braun doesn't win this, it's or Braun loses this. Ah, man! Like you can only marginalize a guy so much. And here's the the thing: the easy thing you can say. Well, it's the undefeated, undisputed. Lineal—well, not undisputed, but lineal heavyweight champion of boxing, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but this is bronze world. Yes. This is bronze world. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Yep, We'll have to see what happens.
2: Now, Seth Rollins and The Fiend. I had kind of suggested—and I'm sure it wasn't the only one, but I had suggested that if The Fiend's going to lose, which he shouldn't, but if The Fiend's going to lose, maybe they would do something like they did with Rocket Mankind in that empty arena match where uh, they used the forklift. Uh, And I mentioned that on this podcast. Little did I know that they were going to decide for no freaking reason to do a false can anywhere match on Raw with Seth Rollins and Eric Rowan, a guy that he has no beef with on television at all, and use that exact finish, uh, meaning that that one's out of your toolbox for Saudi Arabia. And if that one's out of your toolbox for Saudi Arabia, unless they do a double turn and have uh, Bray Wyatt win the title, there is no finish that makes any sense to me at all that shows The Fiend losing. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, they wouldn't have been able to get a forklift in a full body suit anyway, so that would have been the first issue: is trying to dress that forklift up. But Seth Rollins did mention, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Seth Rollins did mention that he was a former, he being Eric Rowan, was a former Wyatt family member. So I, I like that they made the sense out of it a little bit. But I mean, they got to have something more creative, or the Fiend should
2: win. Let me ask you this question because I, I've been trying to think of how could they possibly do this and have this make sense. Do you remember the Buried Alive match where Taker got buried? Because I think he took time off for an injury or something. Taker got buried. Then they had the double that floated up. You know, they had a body double that floated up. Yeah, the um, casket
0: match. Yeah, he yeah, the died. Cas- yeah. Uh, he
2: was, died. Oh, I guess it was a casket match. Maybe they could do something like that where, like, the Fiend isn't pinned. Uh, he hasn't actually pinned. But they do something where he is just kind of disappears into something. Uh, maybe, maybe Seth Rollins locks him in a room and burns the room down or locks him in a building and burns it down. Something where he doesn't actually get pinned, but he loses because he's out of the match. Maybe they'll do something like that. Uh, I don't know.
0: The benefit is you're in front of a Saudi Arabia crowd that might not shit on what you're doing quite as much. They might not even care. No. But I think you got to have a finish. you got to have a real honest-to-God finish here. Or if you don't, it better be something mind-blowing and creative. I agree. I agree. And I I still think the double turn is a fantastic idea uh, and have the Fiend
2: win the title. But I guess we'll see. That was the plan. Brady, last time for you, my friend. Let's
0: go to stupid people.
2: All right, after this, go to Fightful Select. The list goes on. We're going to talk about uh, Stephanie McMahon. We're going to talk about Montez Ford. We're going to talk about uh, WWE Backstage. Uh, We're going to talk about Jake Hager. Other stuff we're going to talk about on uh, the list goes on after this on Fightful Select. So this first one today, Sean, this one was sent in by me today. I posted this on Twitter. I was going to bring the prop with me, and I forgot, so I had to ask my wife to put, uh, make a little video, and I'll air that in a minute here. This was sent in by me. People on Twitter, surprisingly, have dealt with the same thing that I did, which is stunning to me. Uh, we have, you know those, those big electronic sound buttons? Like I think Staples does commercials with these, you know, the big red button, and you push yeah. it, and it says something. So we have a toy one at my house uh and when you press it it says wtf on the top of it but it doesn't actually say what the f word it's it says what the followed by a sound effect all right play the video my wife pushed pressed it a couple of times for me just to give you an idea of what we're talking about What the? the so sean couldn't hear that but it basically says what the followed by a sound effect Uh, My children love that button. They are uh, five years old and two years old. They love that button. And they go around the house saying, what the beep? And that is verbatim what they say. What the beep? They don't say what the hell. They don't say what the shit. They don't say what the whatever. They say what the beep? My uh, children's school gave my wife crap. I think it was uh, this past Monday or maybe last Friday. Gave her crap saying your kids are saying what the beep in school. And because my wife is not me... She vehemently apologized. Uh, she took the button away from him. Said, "You know, I'll, I'll take care of it," kind of thing. She mentioned it to me in passing. Oh, by the way, uh, the school gave the you know gave me crap because the kids say, "What the beep?" I looked at my wife and I said, "And what's your point?" And my wife said, "Well, you know, they shouldn't say that in school." I was adamant. I'm lucky. You're lucky they didn't talk to me. I would have asked them. Tell me what swear word they used. Oh, they didn't say a swear word. Well, then there's no problem. Don't don't mention this to me again. People on Twitter dealt with the same thing, Sean, they told me. The same thing, where, where the school is giving them crap. They're not using coarse language, Sean. Can you explain to me how this
0: is a problem? Is this the society we live in now, Sean? Almost as sensitive as people getting upset about a lighthearted your mama joke. Okay. The reason I said that was an issue, and you agreed with me, the
2: reason I said no, that was, no, I
0: didn't really. I didn't really Yes, agree. you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, the
2: reason God. I said it was an issue is because if somebody new to the site that doesn't know that you're joking with the person you're talking to, if they see that, they might be turned off by the site. That's why I said I had
0: a problem with it. They might want to click the play button then and watch the actual show because that's that's it's pretty transparent. How many people don't do that?
2: How many people read a headline and just assume the content? Tons of How people do they- that. Not worth it. Not worth it. We don't, I don't need it. I don't think you want to turn off viewers over stuff like that. And I, I told Sean on Skype, I said, dude, you're 34. You're not 12. So, like, chill yeah, with the mom jokes. Yeah, and
0: then I get 30-something-year-old wrestlers joking about dropping nuts on shoulders. And it does numbers, Jimmy.
2: That was a little yeah, different. There's... That was a little different. That's, that's How is that different.
0: a little bit different? different. It was light-hearted. Big E is an I established talent. I am an established talent. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? the hell are you trying to say? That was <laughs> that was a I better. I have thirty thousand <laughs> followers, sir. That
2: was a better reaction than I could have ever asked for. Come you. on. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. That was awesome. I want to. I might want to isolate that. That was good. This next one. This is reported by the Reno Gazette Journal. <laughs> I'm still laughing at that reaction. That was good. Reported by the Reno Gazette Journal on October 25. So there was a 50-year-old woman out of Las Vegas. Her name is Jennifer Stitt. And she was ejected from <laughs> She was ejected from a casino that I've never heard of in Vegas called the Canary Casino. I've never so, heard of it. I beautiful. guess – what's that?
0: Sounds like a club slash casino. I guess
2: it's in North Vegas. It's off the strip. I've never heard of it. Uh, but she was ejected from that casino for disorderly conduct, Sean. What happened next? Uh, she drove her Winnebago through the front dro- doors and ran over an elderly custodian along the way. Oh. We have a picture of the damage can you put a- look at that Sean. drove that sucker was right she through cooking the front doors in that? Yeah, that right that's, that's <laughs> actually was her last name white by yeah. chance or Pinkman so uh, now fortunately the 60 year old custodian was injured but survived uh, and Ms Stitt is facing an attempted murder charge. For that so yeah that was that's dumb yeah that's dumb it's dumb that's what she did man this oh, last one this is for the srs file reported by the dallas morning news on october 10 you ever heard of a toilet spray called poopery yeah i have okay so i never had uh apparently you spray it in the toilet before you do your business because it it's creates those
0: big smelly shits
2: jimmy what's wrong with you Anyway, apparently it creates a barrier on the water surface that traps in odors, and that's the point of this thing. I had never heard of it. The company behind it is doing a test run of a promotional pop up exhibit right now. Uh, any idea what that pop up exhibit is about? Duty. Anything more specific?
0: Corn and duty.
2: <laughs> okay. It features a thirty foot inflatable piece of poop. We have the picture. Put that up. Now, you know what, what puzzles me about this picture, Sean? I don't know if I'm more puzzled that there's a 30-foot inflatable poop or if I'm puzzled that there's a line of people looking to get into the inflatable 30-foot poop.
0: So somebody falls off that building. Yeah. And they land on that piece of poop. Do they die or live? Uh, I think they would die because they would go through it too quick, but the building's too far back. So
2: if they so, if they fell out, they yeah, yeah. Reach. I'm
0: just saying if it yeah. were within a, a normal reach. Yeah. So here's my thing: if you did fall off of a, of something at a great height yep. and land on that, look at the way it's constructed, Jimmy. Yep. If you land on the top, you're getting shot back out like 20, 25 feet. No, you're not, because it, it's just one of those typical inflatable things. You're going right to the ground. No, right no, no. It. I I mean, however low you can reach with it bouncing you back off okay you're getting a good different distance because of the way that's constructed that is an effective piece of shit
2: <laughs> that's where you were going with that
0: no i'm going? just saying i look at jimmy i i i'm a creative person i think of wonderful ideas and i'm just looking at that and i'm like just the way that it's constructed you land on that bam it's like a springboard It'd be like Sinkara jumping into the ring on his trampoline right Maybe WWE should have used a trampoline piece of shit, and they could have done some promotional tie-in with Poopery. Well, the original Sin Cara already was a piece of shit on a trampoline. Did you see him most of the time? Uh, yes, I did. I did, I remember. One more thing I want to talk about
2: today before uh, we go to the list goes on. I want to talk about Impact Wrestling for a minute. Uh, this is my opinion, and people are going to like it or not going to like it. Let me say first, I haven't seen their debut on Access. I heard it was good.
0: I liked it, yeah.
2: Yeah, Sammy Callahan won the Impact title. Uh, Tessa Blanchard came out, so they're teasing that thing. My opinion is this. I think that Impact Wrestling, uh, I've heard that their product is a lot better in the ring. I don't watch them uh, week to week. I do watch clips on YouTube, but I don't watch them week to week. To me, their booking makes them look like a glorified independent promotion. And I don't know what their end game is. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I don't know if they're trying to find their niche in the market by going in that direction. But my opinion is uh, bringing in Joey Ryan... Letting him do the dick flip, flip gimmick, especially with the Ken Shamrock, of all people, because they're, they're teasing a program with those two guys.
0: That did make TV, by the way. <laughs> I know.
2: I asked Sean if they were going to actually make TV with that stuff. Having uh, Tessa Blanchard now challenged for the Impact title. To me, that kind of stuff works with a niche, hardcore wrestling market. That stuff to me is not going to work with the masses. I again, I don't know their end game. I don't know what their hope is for access TV. I don't know how many viewers that they're hoping to draw. But in my opinion, that style of wrestling is not going to get it done. And I don't agree with them going in that direction. That's just my opinion. Uh, how much when, have
0: you seen Tessa work? I've seen quite a bit of Tessa stuff. I've seen quite a bit of her that, stuff. If I if I hadn't watched a lot of her, I'd probably think that. But man, she is the biggest star that company has had oh, all the yeah. time
2: and i don't disagree like T- tess is great she is probably going to get a big contract from somebody else next year she probably is going to end up in AEW or wwe i imagine and she's great and we've talked about how can you imagine her and charlotte as a tag team uh, or as opponents for that matter and the promo work and stuff she's really good i'm not a fan of intergender wrestling it's hard for me to buy it you're talking about a you know five 200 not 200 120 pound woman uh I, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling And, uh, and Joey Ryan's dick flip, you know what I think of that stuff, especially with a guy like Ken Shamrock, it's hard for me as a viewer to suspend my disbelief and get into it. Just my opinion. I'm not saying others can't like it. Just my opinion. But if I am the promoters or the bookers of impact wrestling, now that you finally have a U.S. footprint, it's not USA and it's not TNT, but it's better than pursuit. So now that you have this U S footprint, do you want to go in that direction creatively? I say, no, I think it's a mistake. Uh, And that's just my opinion.
0: Eh, That's fine. Uh, I I like the Tessa Blanchard stuff. I think that her and Sammy Callahan is the best possible feud. It's a little more believable than Tessa and Brian Cage. Fair. That's going in there. And man, I can't say enough good things about the way that Tessa Blanchard works. The thing that I like about her is every single move she makes is to win a pro wrestling match. And that goes such a long way. And Callahan is the ultimate heel in that company. I, I really dig it. I, I'm excited for that storyline as well, and she's special, man. She's really she special. And they have they have a lot of special talent in that, that women's division, and I look for them to really focus on that pretty heavily moving forward. Unless unless Tessa loves Impact,
2: she's gone next year. She's gone because she is going to get a big money offer, and uh-huh. Anth, Anthem cannot compete.
0: Yeah, so, I, I would be shocked if they could match whatever offers she gets yep, elsewhere.
2: Yeah, they can't. There's no way. I agree. That's all I got for you, man.
0: List goes on. Yeah, list goes on. People coming up. You all can go over, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. The list goes on. is our weekly post show. Uh, That, in addition to, gosh, 20 other podcasts that we do per month. Lots of neat stuff coming your way. Next week we have a retro review, or probably maybe the week after that. Uh, Dark match commentary up there. Leave a thumbs up on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, Our numbers are just increasing steadily. I'm very, very happy with that. Thank you guys so much. We're going to have more video interviews than ever. We're doing a ton of these. I'm even going with Jeremy to WrestleCade at the end of November to get a bunch of them. So if you're at WrestleCade, make sure you guys hit us up. Let us know. We'll say hi to you. But until next time, guys, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees